Simone Files, home to the world's biggest stars. Get your hands up. Live on your radio. And you can check us out on your socials. <laughs> your favorite person, Serena. Serena! The Bellissimo Files on Spin. And now your host, yeah. Serena Bellissimo. Good morning. How's it going? I am so chipper. God, do I even say that word? But I woke up this morning at six o'clock and it was so bright and the skies are blue and that has put me in such a good mood. There's a lot going on on today's show. I'm going to be catching up with the stars of Vikings Valhalla. David Oakes and Laura Berlin are going to share what it was like filming in Ireland and what they got up to when they were here. They had as much fun offset as they did onset. Garode Farrelly is currently opening for Joanne McNally on her um, tour across Ireland. He's going to be talking all about that and he'll also be sharing his favourite things. Talking about favourites, we're going to be catching up with two of my favourites here at Spin. No, I don't play favourites, but they are up there. It is Graham and Nathan. They have a fab new podcast called Will You Shift My Friend? So we're going to be talking all about that and finding out their awkward shifting moments. And up next, I'm going to introduce you to our one to watch, Michelle Grimes. This week's One to Watch made it to the boot camp stages of X Factor back in 2016 with the girl band Office. She has sung for the King and Queen of Belgium. She plays the guitar piano and accordion and on April 15 she releases a date night. I'm talking about Michelle Grimes. Michelle, welcome to the show. Hello, Serena. Thanks so much for having me. Um, what an eclectic array of musical experience. <laughs> <laughs> I promise we will not dwell on this the whole time, but I just have to mention X Factor 2016. I'm actually weak. I was like, since when did I not update my five? Like, it's gone all the way back. <laughs> yeah, I did. Um, I told I'm singing my whole life. I did the show circuit. During my undergrad, I got a chance to be in a girl band. I was like, sure, let's do that went over to England um, and that was like one of the last few things we did. We performed for um, 20,000 people in Trafalgar Square, which felt like a concert. Amazing. And then we went to boot camp. That was incredible. Can I just tell you a secret? Please do. Simon Cowell picked your girl out and was like, your energy and your voice really stood out for me today. So I can die happy today. I can just... Wow. Yeah. How do you react when he actually says that to you? I just died. I was like, thank you. Thank you so much. And then you also played for the King of Queen of Belgium. How does that happen, Michelle? (laughs) I know that sounds so random, doesn't it? Um, That was... No, I think that was in the undergrad, you know, as well. I went to UL. We did, like, um, uh, performing arts with the Irish World Academy. So... We just auditioned, a group of us went over, we sung for like a thousand voices for peace with like an orchestra. I do a lot of random stuff, I guess. I was trained classically, so that was what we sung over there. But my passion is pop, songwriting, all my kind of things that I love to do and write would be pop with a little bit of R&B. But um, you have to be versatile as a singer. All those moments stand to you though, because getting to be able to perform like with other people, in front of so many people as well, in front of dignitaries, there's every time you do this, you you bring something to your pop performance, don't you? Oh my God, exactly. Everything I've done in my life, I was only just thinking about this, like everything I've done um, so far has just helped me uh, in what I'm doing now. Like everything, even my work, everything that I do, I'm always kind of performing, I'm always on. So, you know, it helps me, I guess, calm the nerves because it's a scary thing. I did, um, I've got talent too, I just remembered that there, but like, the difference when you're watching on TV and you're there, seeing the judges and those exes, girl, they're loud. They're loud. <laughs> but I guess everything that I've done is so scary that each time you get a little bit 
more confident and less nervous, I guess. I said in your intro as well that you play guitar, piano, but the thing that stood out for me most was accordion because, Michelle, the only other person I know to play accordion is my old Italian uncle who would always bust out the accordion at parties. So how does accordion even get onto your list? Like, does that instrument, do do people play that instrument besides old Italian uncles? (laughs) Well, that's my spirit animal. I'm an old Italian man, you know. (laughs) But um, no, it was it's tried accordion, it's bought an accordion. We learned it in a um, primary school, like um, all the way oh, up. Wow! Yeah, and I was thinking like I haven't played it now in so long. I was going to do that. There was a tradie option and like a more mainstream pop option for the undergrad, but I went with that. So that one, my accordion, sadly, has kind of just fallen by the wayside a little bit. But Paddy's day we got it out. Like it may appear in one of your next songs. Like that could be your thing. Here comes the oh, accordion. <laughs> Yeah, my three. Well, talking about music, on the 15th of April, you release a new song called Date Night. You wrote this in the height of the pandemic of lockdowns. You were imagining what life would be like after we come out of it. How does it feel getting to release that song now, knowing how you felt when you were writing it? Oh, Serena, I'm so excited to release this one. As you said, it was, I think it was like the second or third lockdown, like in the height of it, I was at home, like feeling crap, like the roots were down to here. It was just, and I just got into this really creative space, right, right, right. And I just, I think everyone can relate. Like we all, who doesn't have a date night to get dressed up and go out? And I'm so excited for the 15th. Now we can actually go out and celebrate um, the release. So it's going to be so exciting. As we said, this comes out on the 15th of April. And then what is the plan for you? Do you plan to tour? I have so much um, ready to go because I took some time off after my first single. But that time off, I'll put in quotation marks, was literally writing, recording and finding my sound. So I'm so excited. This is just the start of what I hope is going to be an amazing journey for my music career. And I'm like buzzing. I've written a lot. I'm hoping like one after another, we're going to get out there performing hopefully a tour down the line I'm so excited brilliant well so are we and if people want to follow what you're up to give us your social handles on Instagram and TikTok it's Michelle Grimes official well listen Michelle great to chat to you good luck with everything and um, can't wait to see where you go next yay thanks so much for having me Serena before I let you go will you introduce that new single we're giving it its first play here on the Bellissimo Files yay I will hi guys this is Michelle Grimes and you're listening to my brand new single Date Night on the Bellissimo Files This is the Bellissimo Files. Exclusive to Spin. Vikings fans were very excited because only maybe a month ago now, Vikings Valhalla finally dropped on Netflix. It's the follow-up series to Vikings and it's set 100 years after the uh, initial season series. David Oakes and Laura Berlin feature as Earl Godwin and Emma of Normandy. I caught up with them recently to find out all about the show, but also what I really wanted to find out about was what they got up to after hours because it was actually filmed here in Ireland. David and Laura, nice to meet you both. Nice to meet you. David, you guys rapped on this a while ago. You've got season two already in the can. How does it feel to actually go back to the very beginning and hand this over to the world? I have completely forgotten anything that we shot. So if you ask me any question, I would just say I have no idea. What's it like for you when you you know how big this production is going to be, but then you turn onto set here in Ireland and you turn up and have to film one of those massive scenes? What does that feel like for you, not as an actor, just as a kid who's living out their dream. I think a lot of the choices that I've made in my career have been about 
um, hiding in historical worlds. A lot of my childhood was spent studying history or being taken around National Trust properties or dressing up in castles just for the sheer heck of it. Um, so, yeah, no, it's great. The, the the joy is you can immerse yourself fully on horseback, eat, eating the weird food, and just basically being uncomfortable all the time. And the great thing about filming in Ireland is you get used to how cold it probably was in the Middle Ages. Like, it's great. Like it's what's What was particularly good about this show, as compared to others, was because the original Viking show had been going for seven years or so, um, everyone was so ready to get going. Everything was off the ground running. Kataka already existed, but had been extended and made taller and wider. Like there are whole lagoons full of Viking longships. And I think personally, and this, I'm not, I shouldn't really say this. The one regret I have is that I'm a Saxon on this show because you see a Viking longboat down and down in the lake and you just go, I've got to get on a Viking longship. Otherwise, what's the point in being in a show about Vikings? So if Jeb's listening to this, then then he needs to get writing season three and give give Goblin his own boat. But Laura, it wasn't just all about the working while you're here in Ireland. I was on Caroline's um, Instagram and I saw a gorgeous <laughs> photo of yourself, Caroline and Frida, and you were out at Mount Juliet. Mm-hmm. Tell me about times where you got to step away from the set and you got to enjoy some of the pleasures of Ireland. Yeah, because um, like most of like the museums and the theatres and bars and restaurants were closed. So the only way to actually experience Ireland, apart from being on set with all the Irish people, um, was to rent a car and do a little road trip. And that's what we did. And we uh, explored the, na- the beautiful nature, went to beaches and mountains and on long walks. And it was just beautiful. Such a beautiful country. Do you have a favourite Irish memory, David? It's the countryside. I mean, I, I walked the entirety of the Wicklow Way whilst I was there. I was living in Mount Usher Botanical Gardens for the duration of season one shoot. You walked um, it. Um, yeah, one of, like quite a lot of the reasons I take a job is the location of where they're shooting because you're going to need something to do in your downtime. Um, and I mean, I was as I said, I was living down in County Wicklow, so there's not many more beautiful places you can live with with great opportunities to either go down the beach and go surfing or head up a mountain and go mountain walking in stories but it can be tough as well like laura some of those scenes you know are tough they can go on for ages how would you feel at the end of a working day I would say, uh, I think David can agree like we're used to long working days and Sometimes like this, we, we are kind of trapped in dark, in a dark castle. Uh, sometimes we're outside in the rain all day. You get used to it, not just because it's necessary, but because it's also fun. You get the chance to experience something like this. And sometimes it can be stressful, but like 99% of the time you enjoy it. Um, and then, of course, you're, sometimes you're exhausted, depends on the day. Sometimes sitting around and waiting these days, there are days where you just, you know, sit in your chair and you wait for hours and hours and hours. And they, these days can be very, very exhausting. But in the end, it's so much fun. Well, hopefully we'll have you back here in Ireland soon. David and Laura, lovely to meet you both. Nice to meet you too, Sabrina. Vikings Valhalla is currently streaming on Netflix. Let's go! The Melissa Files. What to watch. What to watch.
Joining me in studio now is Deidre Malumbi. Dee, it's a big week at the cinema for Harry Potter fans. Oh, absolutely. It is the, it is the third Fantastic Beasts. And I'm going to end up saying Fantastic Beats at some point in the show. <laughs> I already know it. Get rid of it now. Go yeah, on. Yeah. We'll just call it The Secrets of Dumbledore. I think that's easier. Now, yeah. the Fantastic Beasts. Oh, now I'm going to say Beasts. <laughs> Fantastic Beasts um, franchise has never really taken off like the Harry Potter franchise did. No, it really hasn't. And I mean, you've also got the fact that this one has a lot of controversy surrounding it between, uh, you know, the J.K. Rowling thing. Um, you've got the fact that Johnny Depp uh, was originally G- Grindelwald, but then did, ended up being, um, you know, recast that I character. I forgot about that. Yeah, yeah, and then there's all the trouble that Ezra Miller has been in recently as well. So there's just a lot of, like, stuff surrounding this movie, never mind getting into the movie itself. <laughs> well, do you know what? We'll come back to that. Mm-hmm. Let's get into this is the third and final one tell me it's the final one no no they're doing five <laughs> Serena just gave me such a look <laughs> I thought we I don't know why but I thought we were done it feels like the end of the franchise and you know what I think that they set up this movie like that on purpose so that if it's not a success and if like the controversy proves too much they can kind of leave it here yeah. but the plan was and it's so weird because it's based on like this little novella it's based on a book about you know these magical creatures and it's ended up kind of expanding into five movies which is kind of it's kind of weird and even the first one could have worked as just a standalone movie I actually quite enjoyed the first one so did I um Let's talk about what you thought of this one after we play a clip. You know, this is, of course, news added in Paris. I can't say I have much experience with such things, but it looks to me to be a blood trot. That would be correct. And whose blood is contained within? Mine. And Grindelwald's. I'm assuming that's why you can't move against him. Yes. Not he against me. Very dramatic there. <laughs> Jude Law as Dumbledore. Um, oh my gosh. Grindelwald is played by... Mads Mikkelsen. That's it. Yes, I was yes. going to say the other Swedish brothers, the ones that there's a thousand of them. Oh, the, the Scars Guards. That's who I was going to say. <laughs> I'm so glad you know how my brain works. <laughs> Um, he's actually great in this, I have to say. Yeah. I mean, like, you have to remember, this is the guy, he kind of started off his career as uh, the bad guy in Casino Royale. So he's been a Bond villain. He he's did. also played Hannibal. So he knows how to do these villainous characters. And uh, yeah, no, it, he actually really kind of works. It's a very neat transition. I know that there were calls for, uh, whatchamacallum, Colin Farrell to come back because he was so, so good as he Grindelwald in the first amazing. movie. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And we know he can do a bad guy now since, like, the Batman and everything. Uh, but generally with this movie, now, the second instalment in the Fantastic Beasts franchise was just a mess. There was way too much like setting up for future movies going on. There were too many plot lines, too many characters, and you just kind of ended up getting lost. And there, there was also kind of this darkness to it, I suppose, because you had like Grindelwald being a very strong presence in it. And there was no sense of fun. I think that this movie is re- it's really gotten the series back on track in, in regards to like just imbuing it with a sense of fun is again. It because of your favourite character, Jacob? Oh my God, I love Jacob. <laughs> Jacob is the best. So Jacob, this character, is a nomad and he's such a, he's such a source of heart and humour yeah. and his little like love storyline with Queenie is this is just the sweetest. Oh, I love Jacob and so much. And it's not much. a spoiler to say he gets a wand and <laughs> his reaction wand. to getting a wand. Look, I, I know this is... We were talking about this earlier with uh, producer Aoife outside and number one, I didn't mind. Number two, neither of us can remember. Um, so that says something. This one, I can't believe it's not the final one. 
fun. But anyway, we'll get back to that <laughs> later. But this one, I it, it was fun. <laughs> but come on, Dee. I tried to go in there with a, come on, it's a, you know, it, it's a night out. Enjoy the two and a half hours. I think it was 2.20. <laughs> it's too long. It could have ended like three or four different times. Yeah, see, I quite liked it, though. And I did find myself kind of getting, like, lost in it a bit. And I'll also say, um, if you're a fan of Harry Potter, there are lots of little, like, winks and nods in there to the original yeah. series, which is kind of lovely to see. And remember when the music comes on? Oh, it is so magical. It's not as good as the first movie, but I... I I find it fun. I liked it. Okay. I'm hoping this is the last one, but we'll see. <laughs> if you all go watch it, we're going to be given another one and I blame you. Yeah, I'm blaming you for getting a fourth. Uh, Dee, what are you going to give this one out of five? I'm going to give it three out of five. It's not like the yeah. best, best, but it's, I liked it. I did. Do you know what? I think if you're looking to, and sometimes we forget this about the cinema, it's just <laughs> pure escapism. And if you just want to escape for two yeah. and a half hours, see it on the big screen. Like the IMAX is a great one to see it on. Absolutely. And I would also add that if you haven't seen the first two movies, you're probably going to be very lost. So maybe yeah. watch those, you know, on DVD yeah. first. <laughs> I, I will also say as well, um, I went with a 10-year-old mm-hmm. and she found the IMAX really loud. So maybe it's quite think about, intense, yeah. yeah. So if you're going with little ones, maybe don't go. Like I kept looking at her and her hands were over her ears. It's really that loud. Um, so yeah, so maybe if you are going with little ones, because there were a lot of little ones. We went to the evening screening. You mm-hmm. were there as well. And there were a lot of little ones there. So maybe just go to a normal cinema rather than the IMAX. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Another film that is out is something completely different. But if you're looking for a great French film, it's called Happening. Um, it's a serious topic, but it's actually a really beautiful film. It deals with, um, it's an adaptation of Annie Ernaux's novel, which looks back on her experience with abortion when it was still illegal in France in the 1960s. So it's it's heavy, mm-hmm. but it's a beautiful film to check out. It's showing, I think, at the Lighthouse. So that's another one that you might want to check out. Oh, absolutely. I've seen this one, actually, and it is great, but it is um, powerful. I will also add that it can be like quite in your face and graphic, so just be prepared for that. But it is absolutely beautiful and the lead performer in it she's absolutely incredible yeah so sometimes you need to just go see those types of films as well don't you absolutely yeah Yeah. I think it's really powerful especially what's been happening in Ireland in recent years I think that it's going to kind of you know connect with a lot of audiences yeah so that's showing at the lighthouse now Dijon Malambi as always thanks a million we'll see you next week yeah thanks for having me if you want to find out more about what's happening in the cinemas tune in to We Love Movies with Gordon Hayden tomorrow from 8am this is the Bellissimo Files exclusive to Spin. The Bellissimo Files. Favourite thing. Joining me to share his favourite things is one of my favourite comics who's currently opening for Joanne McNally. He's a co-host of the Agony Rants podcast and he's going to be at Liberty Hall on October 8 with his very own show, Glamour Hammer. It's Garode Farrelly. Garode, it's so great to have you back on the show. Oh, it's lovely to be here. It's lovely Um, to see you. How are you still standing? Reading out everything you're doing, I'm just going, oh my God, when does he take, when does he get a chance to take a breath? Yeah, it's kind of, it's insane. I mean, Joanne's tour is absolutely bananas because the shows are wild. Uh, and we are, we're up and down the country and we're, we've been going since the 3rd of January. And I think we'd one day off in March, but it's so much fun. I want to know, I've been following you guys on social media. I'm loving your road trips up and down in the van. <laughs> um, what are those? Those days like? Well, th- those days have got a lot better because they were a bit stressful because uh, Joanne has a set 
like but it's not it's quite a small set but she's hired a band that's huge because she brings you know <laughs> two of her big pairs of runners with her <laughs> so, <laughs> so we need a big van so um yeah it was me getting used to driving a van on the open road which was uh, fun but i mean being locked up in uh, like a van with joanne mcnally like there's worse things like we have a blast i was at one of the shows recently and i absolutely loved it but you have to go out there first and tame that crowd. I have never seen a crowd like it. It is quite wild. They're quite wild. And, yeah. and it's funny because, like, obviously I walk out, like, just that initial disappointment because they think the show's starting, but it's, no, 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 half an hour to go. <laughs> <laughs> but, um, but, I mean, the audience are so much fun. I, I think partly because I think Joanne's loads of fun so and her audience are very similar to her like um, yeah. like you, you, you look at you see just like I can literally see 20 Joannes but also I think people have been just dying to get out and have yeah. this fun you said that people are disappointed when you take to the stage I disagree with that <laughs> I disagree wholly by the end of it you have us all in stitches so I was thrilled to see that you are bringing your own show Glamour Hammer to the Liberty Hall. I love the title. What can we expect? Well, Glamour Hammer is, it's a new stand-up show. Um, and it's, I mean, the reason I called it Glamour Hammer was because I really wanted to, I, I, I really like the thing that you can just say anything nowadays and it's just taken as truth. So I was just thought, okay, well, I'm gonna I'm gonna just say, girl Farrelly, Glamour Hammer. That's the thing I want after my name. Um, so, like, I've, I've done, um, I've been trying bits of it out on Joanne's tour and it's material I wrote during lockdown. And yeah, so it's just, it's just a fun show, but it's just a fun night out. Just follow Garoad on Instagram, Garoad Farrelly, and he has all the dates up there. Garoad, as well as that, Agony Rants. What's this podcast? I Get Your Rants is the podcast that I completely resisted. Uh, it's a podcast with Neve Kavanagh, the Eurovision winner. Uh, we've been friends for a million years because we lived around the corner from each other. And it's literally doing what we do when we have a coffee, which is we sort out each other's problems. <laughs> so um, it, it's a podcast for people, I guess, that feel they need a pal. And we are there to show, like, unwavering support. Like, whatever whatever you're going through, even if you are the problem, we're going to be your friends and we're going to get you through it. And it's out every Monday morning just to cheer people up. Listen, I know we know you as the funny man, but we want to get to know you a little bit more. So can we do this through your favourite things? Yeah. Now, I don't know if you have time to be obsessing over a TV show because you're so busy right now, but what TV show are you obsessing over right now? I've just finished Pieces of Me. Uh, or, sorry, Pieces of Her by with Tony Collette on oh, Netflix yeah. it's so good yeah I really liked it but what I did was I was clearing off our TV box and yeah. I found Vigil that I'd recorded the whole thing but I hadn't watched it and I'm obsessed with that at the moment I'm on episode 3 it's with Saran Jones and she's in a submarine basically trying to solve a murder favourite film I, I love Batman every every version of it I've absolutely loved uh, I just went to see the, the latest one and that kind of made me realise how much I love The Dark Knight did you not like yeah. the... I like the latest one. I, I liked it. I just thought it was a bit long. Okay, Although I liked Catwoman. Catwoman was good. She was phenomenal. Do you have a favourite book? Favourite book? I'm terrible with books, right? Because what I do is I buy books and I say, oh, I really want to read that, so I, so I buy it. And then it takes I, it takes me ages to catch up. So sometimes what I end up doing is I have a pile of books I haven't read. And then I, what I've, I've done this so many times where I've taken a book, started reading and got through quarters of the way through it and realised, I've read this. I know how it ends. Just because when I read a book and I finish it, I literally have no memory whatsoever yeah. of I'm the like book. And I just finished Okay, Let's Do Your Stupid Thing by Patrick Frame. That is absolutely brilliant. But if you want a book to make you absolutely laugh out loud, it was Joe Lysett's Buttered Parsnips. 
And Straight Jacket by Matthew Todd, which is about like, you know, grown up gay in a straight world. It's really good one. Now, I usually ask what's a song that everyone should have on their pumped up playlist. But for you, okay. considering that you're on the road so much, what's a song that everyone should have? On a road trip. Oh, this is an oldie, right? But trust me, you'll find it on Spotify uh, and you'll thank me. You might know it. It's St. Elmo's Fire by John Parr. Do you know St. Elmo's Fire? Oh my God. Serena, put it on. It's just one of those songs where you're like, yes! It's like that, you're the one, that Rocky, when he's running up the steps. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's that vibe, but better. Okay, what about favourite album? I, I'm very much a girls with guitars. Like Adele 21, I think that's hard to beat. Like yeah. Adele's been trying for years to be 21. She hasn't. She, <laughs> she hasn't. <laughs> Listen to it again, Adele. <laughs> <laughs> Besides your very own podcast, uh, Agony Rants, what podcast are you listening to? I love, you must remember this. It's, you know, the old, it's old Hollywood stories. It's unbelievable. Uh, it's Karina Longworth hosts it. It's, re- it's really famous. Um, she did a whole series about the Manson murders. Um, but it's all kind of stories of like old Hollywood actors. Uh, it's absolutely amazing. What app can't you live without? Um, I love Wordle. I'm obsessed with Wordle. And I've even, I found a game that is Wordle, but just called something else that you can play a million times to get better at it. <laughs> Which I'm, like the whole thing about Wordle is you play it once every 24 hours and I've, I'm playing it, I'd say, 24 times every hour. <laughs> there was a day there I was in really bad form for about two hours and I was like, what is wrong with you? And then I realised it started because they used the word nymph in Wordle and I didn't get it. Oh. And I was like, hey, do you remember that you had a bad day that day too? Yeah, I know. I got it. I actually got it. But it you got it. I got it. Favorite account to follow on social media? Oh, I love share doing things. <laughs> which is it's it's basically share doing things. It's just like photographs of share. And, it, and it'll say, you know, share accidentally frightening a baby. And then it'll be share in a costume and a baby crying. Oh my God. I, I love it. And finally, favorite thing to do on a weekend? Well, um, if it's if I'm home, it's like go nice brunch get the papers uh, and then maybe go for a stroll somewhere. Like at the moment, what we're doing is because we're traveling so much, um, I love finding the record shop in whatever town we're in and then just going in like secondhand record shop and just having a browse. Thank you so much, Garode, for joining us, for sharing your favorite things. It's always so lovely to catch up with you. Oh, amazing. Thank you so much, Serena. You're the best. Garode really is hilarious. And if you do get a chance, check out his show, Glamour Hammer, at the... Liberty Hall on the 8th of October. Um, and he's also opening for Joanne McNally. If you haven't gotten your tickets yet for Joanne McNally, do. She's played, I, I think she's up to a record s- uh, selling number of like 50 nights at Vicar Street. I saw her there a couple of weeks ago and she was amazing. Break, 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 break it down. The Melissimo Files. What did I miss? There's lots going on this week, but don't worry. Aoife has it all sorted for us. She's been paying attention and she's going to fill us in on what we missed. Yes, and at the moment, you may have noticed we are getting a huge amount of gig and festival announcements. I am so excited. It's been two years since we've all got to get excited about festival season. I've been harping on about it in uh my in the music fix every week about how excited I am to see artists and everything again live so I thought it's been a little bit overwhelming I'm not gonna lie it has because it just feels like it's announcement after announcement announcement after announcement I feel like I need to sit down and fill in my calendar of what events I want to go to over the summer and look at your bank account and your Revolut vault yeah absolutely (laughs) so this is a little bit selfish but I thought if you're anything like me you'll want to get an idea of what you're going to do at your summer mark off those important weekends and decide which festivals you want to hit so 
I'm very excited this year because we do have our usual contenders for the festival season back. We have Electric Picnic, we have Forbidden Fruit. They're both actually already sold out, which is amazing. Uh, Forbidden Fruit just sold out during the week. You've got All Together Now, you've got uh, Body and Soul, you've got Sea Sessions, all of them have... Kaleidoscope's it, also come back if you want to Kaleidoscope is back yeah. as well. Yeah, there is... So once we've seen before back, they all have great, great lineups. I feel like they've caught up on the last two years with their lineups. But I'm very excited because we have three new contenders to the fact. Fe- well, actually, there's probably more, but three that I'm aware of anyway. <laughs> Give us them. What, which ones are you excited about, Aoife? So I'm going to go in order of your okay. weekends. You can take your pen and paper or your Google Calendar and yeah. add them in now. <laughs> I love this public service that you bring us. So first up, we have Beyond the Pale. Love the name. It's coming to Glendalock on the the 10th to 12th of June. And they have acts like Bonobo, Forte, Orbital, Lisa Hannigan, Elder Ireland, uh, Soda Blonde. Loads of like kind of alt acts in there, which is really exciting. Glendalock has hosted a few festivals over the years, like one day ones, and they're always amazing. So I'm really excited to see what they do with it. Um, Yeah. I thought you were going to say something. Oh yeah, I was going to say just the venue, like just yeah. that. Glendalough is gorgeous. Anyway. It is. It and really then, is. Yeah. And beyond the pale, a little bit outside Dublin. It's not too far. I even got that. I went. I wonder where it is yeah. outside of Dublin. It's like <laughs> give me my Irish citizenship now. <laughs> yeah. So if you don't fancy heading down the country for a week of camping or anything, it could be yeah. a good one for you to hit up. So that is happening ten to twelfth of June. Day, okay, that's the weekend. It's a weekend. There's camping, all of that. Then we also have a new one called Other Side which is going to be hitting us in July. It is, sorry, no, where's my... Is that, okay, (laughs) this is the accent thing. Is that other side or other side? Other side. Okay, because I was thinking, is it near cows? (laughs) The other... Aoife and I have this long-standing thing about accents. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) No, it's not. Sorry. Other. O-T-A-G or other side festival. Well, you just spoke about Beyond the Pale. Went, oh my gosh, everyone's you getting were really getting it. You were getting yeah. it. Yeah, yeah. So that has happened the 8th to the 12th of July. It's in Slane and it's hosted by Bedlam. They have DJ Seinfeld. They have Laboom, Saint Sister, Lane 8. Frankie Wah, who you'll hear later as my dance track of the oh, week. Oh, okay. There's... I'm very selfish here. There's a lot of people on these lineups that I'm very excited about. So that's our second new contender for the moment. And then the next one is up in Belfast. So if you fancy a bit of a trip up north, there's a really, really cool festival hitting there called Emerge. It's at the end of August. Is this where Disclosure are playing? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> there was no way she wasn't putting this there one on the no list. There was no way. So that is happening uh, the 27th and 28th of August. So a nice end of summer one for you. They've got Eric Prides. They've got Perry Goo, uh, Peggy Goo. They've got Disclosure. That sounds, not that the other ones didn't sound amazing, but that sounds, it really does sound like a great way to end the summer. It really does. And yeah. I really hope Eric Prides brings his like really big light show that he does there as well. So That'd that will be, be incredible. So plenty there. And as I said, there's your other usuals there. You have sea sessions, body and soul, all the other ones that you can possibly go to. So make sure you get organized and get your tickets and book in your calendar. Yeah, you know, <laughs> you know, I'm not usually really organized when it comes to stuff like this, but this does sound like you need an hour where you do get out your Outlook calendar and you just like throw it into your phone going, okay, this weekend's for this, this weekend's for that because it will be booked up before you know it. And as I said, you need to look at your Revolut vault or your bank account. After two years, we're all going to want to go to everything but that might not be possible. No. So, (laughs) right, that's festival season. Yes. Um, Something else that comes in the summer. Yeah. 
I'm not as excited about this maybe as other people, but I know there's a lot of people who will be. Summertime means Love Island time for most people. And we have a date for the new season. Oh. It's going to be June the 6th. We have the That's next right one coming. right around the corner. It's very, very soon. Yeah. They're also saying that it's going to be the longest season yet. So I think they're saying about 10 weeks. The schedule's not 100% confirmed. But 10 weeks of Love Island. Can I say something that most people aren't going to agree with? Because it's one of the <laughs> biggest shows out there. The reason why I can't commit is it's summer the evenings are really long I want to be out there yeah I don't know I think I think what a lot of people do is they watch it a few days uh, later okay so I think they, a lot of people tend to catch up in bulk but I do know a lot of people be excited about this because the winter one that happened in 2020 was only six weeks and I think people felt it was too short that we didn't get to know the people as well okay but I feel like we'll really get to know them over 12 okay, weeks okay so that's coming back on the <laughs> 6th of June, June. and yes. something else that's coming back is oh I'm so excited for this look mommy I'm not a clung I should be allowed to express my individuality I'm sorry, I'm not wearing my blazer. End of story. Jerry, pass me the wooden spoon. (laughs) (laughs) Even the clip, I didn't realise how much I missed them. I have to say, if anyone had walked into the office this morning, I was chuckling at my desk, like full (laughs) shaking shoulders chuckling as I tried to find a clip from Derry Girls. So many golden moments in it. I just adore it. And it is back on Tuesday for the final season. And I think it's a short, don't quote me, but it could be only six episodes long. Yeah. It's a very short season. And it's mad, you would think we've only had two seasons so far, a third to come. But like Lisa McGee said, she's been working on it for six years. So yeah. it feels like a very long time for her. But there is rumours we might get a movie. Oh, would like that. Yes. As long as it's the same, it's the same actors same playing cast, the characters. Absolutely, yeah. yeah. Um, Aoife, thanks for that. This is the Bellissimo Files. Exclusive to Spin. This week saw a fabulous new podcast put in, uh, put out into the world. It is already climbing the podcast charts. It's Will You Shift My Friend, hosted by our very own Grey Motul and Nathan O'Reilly. Welcome back. Yes. Serena, thank you so much for having us on the Bellissimo Files. It's an absolute honour because we know you usually have A-list celebrities, so to have us losers on is um, yeah. it's really endearing. Uh, Graham, there's nothing losery about you guys. The podcast went out and yep. you're in the top five of the podcast That's charts. That's huge. <sighs> top, top three, Serena, but no one's counting. You know... <laughs> We keep checking the comedy category, Serena, and that's where we're doing very well. We're climbing up the charts. But then if you actually exit out of the comedy category and go all categories, we're moving quite low down. There is excitement. I say welcome back because at the end of last year, you had your little big podcast and you guys were very cryptic and was like, that's it. We're going. There was disappointment everywhere going, where are they going? Uh, And then you left us hanging. But rightly so for this podcast... Tell me about Will Will You Shift My Friend? Who came up with that? Well, first of all, it's it's finally, we finally know that Serena was one of the four listeners of uh, (laughs) the Little Big Podcast. So it's it's great to meet you, uh, (laughs) Serena. But we took a break and uh, we thought to ourselves, what do people want? And I think people want another podcast hosted by two males, but specifically about the art of shifting, because we believe, Serena, this to be the first podcast in the world dedicated to shifting and uh, who better to host it than a boy who shifted his uh, first girl at a bottle bank at 14 and a man who didn't shift uh, a lady till he was 18 a full grown adult male yes um, so who better to get to host a podcast about shifting both Graham and Nathan Graham shifting your first person at a bottle bank 
What? Yeah, so <laughs> I was in second year in secondary school and it was a big organised event where everyone was like, oh my God, will you shift this girl? Will you go on and go on? And I was, I, I actually wanted to, but I was so afraid that I was like, no, 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 I don't want to because it's a terrifying experience. But then it was organised for lunchtime during lunch break between half 12 and a quarter past one and we needed to um, go down to a place where no one would be. So we went down to the bottle bank factory at the bottom of town and um, we were shifting away and what I forgot to remember was my dad actually worked the other way, um, the other way past the bottle bank factory. So when he's coming for lunch, he has to pass that to come home. So as we were shifting, my dad actually passed and saw me shift uh, my first shift. So it was great to share the moment with my father. Nathan, I'm not going to ask you about your first shift. I'm going to ask okay. you, based on that story, your most awkward shift. You know, awkward shift. Uh, you know, I don't want to be a politician here and say no comment. I want to bring it back to my first shift because that was awkward, Serena. I was 18 years young. The thing with me, Serena, I was one of those kids. I didn't want to give it away too soon. I wanted <laughs> to wait for the right person. So I had a full-grown beard 18, I went to a place called McGowan's. I ended up dancing with the lovely honey. One thing led to another. My tongue was in her mouth and she had a tongue piercing and she was a cigarette smoker. You cannot make it up. It was a awkward experience because, you know, I felt like this lady had danced before. Uh, tonsil tennis, I believe that's what they call it. I was new. I was a rookie on the court. I didn't know which way I should be moving my tongue. Will I go left when she goes left? Will I move right when she goes right? I think it was an awkward experience. She quickly left me and then I was left with my own thoughts and desires on the dance floor. Your first guest is Greg O'Shea. He spoke about his first shifts, also about Love Island, but I loved what he called it because that's the thing, when it comes to shifting... There are so many different ways to say it. I think, did he call it meeting somebody? Yeah, he was meeting. We've had um, wear the face. Um, we've had score. I believe in Australia, Serena, it's called rooting. Would I be correct? Oh. No, you're going down a totally different line there. <laughs> no, in Australia, the, um, the term we use is either pashing or snogging. Does the term differ <laughs> depending on where you are around the country? Yeah, so shifting is a big country one. Um, but what we've had a few guests on who've actually said shifting, they used to use meat down the country because uh, Greg O'Shea from that Limerick. That's horrible. Meet me, mate. So meat is a big Dublin thing, I think. Score is a South Dublin. Yeah. Uh, shift is mainly country. And Do you know what? I, I like the way Greg did say recently he's been calling it kissies. Mm. He has a little kissy. And I thought that, that could be the me. new term. Yeah. No, Did that it? disturbed yes. me. Yeah, no. We mentioned Greg O'Shea is on the podcast. He's out now. Who else have you gotten on? And, like, I've been doing these interviews a long time and it's really hard to get people to open up. How have you convinced them to come on a podcast to talk about their first kisses, their love? Because Greg really opened up about Love Island and beyond as well. You know, we will be transparent. We've faced a lot of rejection trying to get these guests. Have you? Know, you? We're not Who's the biggest you. one? Who's the biggest rejection? Oh, no, we see, we don't I think I DM'd that. Morgan Freeman. 
I started to go A-list Hollywood celebrities, and then Graham had to kind of rein me back in. So we're we're sort of sticking to this country. Well, I want Pat Kenny. Yeah. So we're still talking to his people, but we might get Pat Kenny about what it was like growing up uh, shifting in Dorky. Will you reach out to your great mate, Matt Damon, see what he has to say? Because he's got a lot oh. a lot of different angles to give us, literally, like on-screen shifts, off-screen shifts. Mm. Oh, that's a great one, actually, Serena, thinking about getting actors in, because having to shift people that they mightn't particularly oh, like. Oh, that's brilliant. That's actually a really good angle to go down. Lads, I really do love the podcast. Um, they're coming out weekly. What day do they drop? Every Tuesday, we got uh, 12 episodes for the first season. Uh, next week, we got Justine Stafford coming out. Uh, this Tuesday, sorry. Then we'll have James Cavanaugh. We've got the likes of Marty Gilfoyle. We've got Enya Martin. We've got Darren Conway, Joe McGuck and Charlie Murphy. We've got loads of great guests coming up. Brilliant. And if anyone wants to DM you, just to tell you their shifting story. Can they do that? Oh, absolutely. <laughs> we love to have them on the podcast. You can get me at Instagram O'Toole and Nathan is at Nathan underscore O'Reilly underscore. Well, lads, it's always great to have you on the show and it's great to have you back taking over the podcasting world. Thank you so much. Thank, Thank you, so you much, Serena. Thank Serena. you so much. This is a new music spotlight. On the Bellissimo Files. On the Bellissimo Files. She's back in studio with me and Aoife, you've got a lot for us today. I do, I do. Now, I know everyone has been obsessing over this man this week. I'm not really sure why. I haven't quite debunked it yet, but I do love his new track. This is called uh, First Class and it's from Jack Harlow. You don't need Givenchy, you need Jesus. Why do y'all sleep on me? I need reasons. Uh, I got plaques in the male peak season. Shout out to my UPS workers making sure I receive it. You can do it too, believe it. I've been a... Throw up the sex in a uh-huh. And I can put you in That is class Isn't it? It's very I, Oh god I hate that I'm about to use this word It's very groovy <laughs> Like, <laughs> I know, I don't know what just happened there, sorry. But yeah, Jack Harlow has been all over TikTok this week with that. If you are wondering where you've heard that before, it is, of course, Glamorous by Fergie. A big, big fan of that track from when it was out years ago, so I like hearing it back as well. I love it. Last week we had Mariah, this week we have Fergie. I know, they're all coming back. Yeah, I love this collab though. Oh, so excited. Big, big voices on a big dance track. It's from Becky Hill, Ella Henderson and David Guetta. It's called Crazy What Love Can Do. I mean, you could call that groovy as well. (laughs) (laughs) Word of the week. (laughs) Now, this next one, Serena, I've been dying to play for you. We just had Fergie sampled. Let's see if you recognise this one. It's from Jax Jones and uh, he's collabed with uh, someone new on his label. It's called Don't Stop Moving.
I've never done this, but I'm raging at you right now. What is that not part of? <laughs> I know. That, that is, it's Jax Jones and Act On, and it is the remix of S Club 7, Don't Stop Moving. Who knew we needed that, that but we do. That's my single of the week. But anyway, it's all about Aoife right now, and it's time for this. Come on. Are you ready? Aoife's dance track of the week. Just clap your hands to the beat. <laughs> Redeem yourself. Uh, <laughs> I will, I will. As I mentioned earlier, Frankie Waz playing Other Side Festival here in Ireland this summer. He has a new track out this week. I am absolutely loving. It is called... Uh, more Than You'll Ever Know. More Than You'll Ever Know. <laughs> You redeemed yourself. I love that. It's very good. Cannot yeah. wait to see him during the summer. But I'm going to play another great tune as well. I think this will redeem me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, yeah. okay. It's not S Club 7. No, unfortunately Jones, not. But, but this is voted for by you. It is the new one from David Guetta, Becky Hill, Ella Henderson. It's called Crazy What Love Can Do on the Bellissimo Files. The new one there from David Getter, Becky Hill. We're and all giddy your, after those songs. We really are. What's the other one? Ella Henderson. Yes. You voted that. You've listened to my final single of the week. Don't forget as well, if you want to catch more new music, you can head over to the Spin website or app where you'll catch our Fresh Hits playlist. And if you missed anything from this week's show, you can get it back up on our website now. The videos are up there. Spin1038.com. Aoife and I are very, very excited about next week. Not just because it's chocolate weekend, Easter, <laughs> but we'll be joined on the show by Sienna Miller. Love her. Yeah. Up next, though, it is Jess on Spin. We will catch you next week. Bye. This is the Bellissimo Files. Exclusive to Spin.